100% of the time, scaling is good. Always. False. <laughs> False. I disagree. So in this episode, so we've been talking about scaling, right? Scaling our businesses. And yesterday's episode, we talked about kind of ways that you can begin with the end in mind, right? How big do you want to get? Do you want to be as Microsoft? big as you can? Do you want to be Microsoft, Apple or Amazon? Like, right. Like, take your pick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so in today's episode, we're going to talk about kind of the other side of scaling the dark side of scaling oh that's dramatic (laughs) or the small side oh yep we're going to talk about that in today's episode starting now do you wish your life away waiting for friday do you dread sunday nights and monday mornings my wife and i have spent over a decade building an online business while raising a family I quit my cubicle job to live the life I wanted, to experience freedom, and we want to help you do the same. We're Chris and Laura. Welcome to Fearless Together. So, interesting story that I've got. There is a uh, a taco shop, that, and I used to talk with the owners, and they were really, really cool. But um, they started out really small. They were just this tiny little taco shop. And then it was like out of nowhere, they just exploded huge. And they had, I mean, they still do have fantastic tacos. But um, I was talking with the owner and we had um, started kind of um, talking um, after they had done all of their scaling. And they've got, you know, they opened up, I think, you know, they got to like eight locations or something like that. It was, it was crazy. And um, I was talking to him. I was just like, wow, you know, how that's got to be really crazy difficult trying to run like a restaurant with now eight a locations. Chain. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's you at the top running this chain of restaurants. And he told me, he's like, you don't understand the amount of difficulty that goes into this. I'm like, you're right. Cause I run online businesses. <laughs> I have no, idea. I'm, I was, I was explaining that to him. I'm like, wow. I'm like, you have employees at eight different locations. Like people have to show up. Ingredients have to show up. You have menus, you've got payroll, you've got, you know, concern, like food safety concerns, like so many things to worry about in the restaurant business, let alone having eight different locations. And he's like, you know, that stuff doesn't bother me so much. He's like, what bothers me, though, is that I have to coordinate recipes. And one of the things that this taco shop does is they always bring in new tacos. Like it's how they keep their menu fresh and interesting. And he's like, I I have so much trouble coming up with a new taco recipe and then rolling it out to the entire chain and getting people to, like, repeat all of the steps to recreate these tacos. Like, we're not talking like these aren't ground beef tacos, right? Like no, these they are were like, like intense, crazy tacos. Yeah, they are like, you know, gourmet, like chicken, like smoked uh, sausage and chorizo and adobe chicken. Adobo. And, Adobo. And, yeah, and just like tons of like, you know, Mexican street corn and, you know, house made guacamole, house made salsas. Like, it's like everything is just super custom. And uh, so he said, yeah, it's it got so difficult trying to create new taco flavors and rolling them out to the all eight restaurants that he felt really restricted on what he was able to do. And he kind of missed the days of having just the one taco stand where he was the one, you know, doing everything and kind of he just made a taco. And because that was his thing, like he was just a passionate chef. Yeah, he loved cooking and and his food. Oh, so good. 
So, um, he, and then as we talked more, we kind of, you know, became closer friends. Um, he, he kind of let, let me know that the scaling of the business didn't really go the way he had ever anticipated it. He told me that he had always wanted a chain of restaurants. He was super excited about this idea, but he didn't feel like he possessed the skill to, um, to create such a big chain. And so he brought on partners and the partners were, you know, these very well, you know, pedigreed, um, people from various, you know, Ivy Business league schools. schools. Yeah. And, um, they came in and they said, we will help you scale the business, but essentially we need you to get out of the way. Like as far as like the business side of things. And so he kind of agreed to that. He signed all the contracts and everything. And what seemed like a good deal to him ultimately ended up kind of like he, he still owned the business. He was still part owner in the business with these partners, but he basically lost all control over the business and he didn't like what was happening at the locations and like the running of the locations and stuff. Yeah. Cause he had a, a very particular feel that he wanted his, his shop to have Yeah, the, really the culture. Yeah. Fun, friendly vibe. And his partners really didn't care all, about pursuing that. Yeah. It was all about the scaling, the growth of the business. And so, you know, what he ended up having was kind of this, this, uh, he wanted the, the growth of, you know, the scaling of a, a large chain of restaurants, but he didn't necessarily recognize where we were, where he was going with it. Right. Like uh, uh, he didn't know how difficult it was going to be to roll all these new recipes out to these various locations. And he probably didn't think that bringing in partners was going to eventually almost cut him out of the running of his business, you know? Right. And then at, at a certain point he missed when it was just his one restaurant, when he got to do the part that he actually wanted, which was creating tacos and having a fun culture. Yeah. You know, and, and this happens, you know, obviously that's just kind of a, a little local example for us, but I, I see this happening with like YouTube channels, right? Like you get these families, like the, there, there is a whole niche. I don't know if, if you're listening to this, if you know this or not, but there is a whole niche of YouTube channels where it's basically families just kind of filming their lives and then they put it up on YouTube and they get these massive followings. And it's usually like, like, look know, how cute our kids are yeah, and they're doing cute stuff. Yeah. And they're let's... going to a theme park or playing with toys and stuff. And these people put like kind of their whole lives online, you know, in 15 and 30 minute you know, bits and, uh, and they, they amassed these followings and, um, you know, Laura and I were kind of watching some of these and looking at the comments and some of the comments and it's, and, and I guess in a way it's kind of sad. It's, it's acute and sad and whatnot, but you'd have like these families with young children and they'd be opening up presents like for like Christmas or a birthday or whatever and saying thanks to the camera. And when you read the comments, it's like a lot of people are saying like, yeah, this is like, I don't have grandkids. So this is how, I kind of have grandkids through YouTube and like they're sending presents to these people's kids and stuff. And right. Which is just so sad. Yeah. And I mean, it's sad and cute, you know, it, like you kind of get, it's a border, it's a borderline weird for me, but you know, for other people it might not be. But one thing that really did stick out to me in all of this was people are so in your business. And I mean, you can't do anything online without someone disagreeing with you. Like it doesn't matter how minuscule it is. No, <laughs> you, you can't make guacamole that way. I got guacamole on the mind. Cause we were talking about tacos earlier, 
But, um, yeah, I mean, everyone is offended by something. And you, get, you get so big, so famous that, you know, if you put a picture, uh, this actually, I think it was um, Hillary Duff put up a picture of, of her kissing her, her, like, two-year-old or three-year-old son on the lips. Like, he was giving his mommy a kiss. And so many people were like, that's disgusting and that's horrible and it's like this was just a cute moment for her and now she's got the internet mob kind of trying to tell her yeah you you know and and so anyways you get these people and it doesn't matter what it is or how minuscule it is but you've got people telling you like oh you shouldn't do it that way you know you shouldn't punish your child that way like it doesn't matter how you punish your child right if you send him to timeout so it's gonna be like you're gonna make him hate his bedroom you know if you you know so it, you open yourself up to a certain amount of scrutiny. So um, kind of going back to our episode yesterday, when we talk about how big do you want to get, that's not necessarily only a financial question. And that's not necessarily only a an ego question. That is also a how much in the public eye do you want to be? How much control are you willing to give up in your business in order to scale to the point that you need to? You know, that's something that... Um, a lot of CEOs and business leaders figure out, right? There's, um, there's a business, uh, I actually watched it grow from like the tiniest thing, but it was, um, they started out with a WordPress plugin called lead player. And it was just, it was a cool little plugin where basically it could stop a YouTube video wherever you wanted it to. Like you'd have a, you'd embed a YouTube video on your website and then it would stop the video and say, you know, share this on Twitter to continue watching or, you know, hmm. give us your email address to continue watching and stuff like that. And it was just kind of a cool idea. And eventually they grew into a huge company called Lead Pages. And they're still online. You can go to leadpages.com. They're a full fledged software as a service business. I watched them grow. Clay Collins was the guy, the, the, the founder. And I remember his videos where he was just sitting at like a little bistro table, like with a wall next to him you know, trying to film like kind of professional marketing videos. Right. And it grew into this massive business. And um, one of the things that I respected is he said, yeah, once I, I can manage a business really well, that's like up to 500 people. After that, he's like, I become very ineffective as a, a leader, a business manager. And I thought that was a really like most people I feel like would be too, I, I don't want to say egotistical, but might have trouble admitting that, no, I'm not a Bill Gates or I'm not, uh, you know, any other massive business leader that it does take a very special skill set to manage, um, an enterprise that large and And a lot of stress and a lot of stress. Yeah. And so it's, it was interesting for me to hear him like, cause I I was just looking up and like, what happened to Clay Collins? And, uh, he had stepped aside, like he moved into different areas inside of his own business in order to like to not mess it up like he he's like i got a good thing going here the business is great let me move into a different role where i'm still effective and let someone who's better at running a business of this scale and so that's one of those things that you need to think about and evaluate is like are like realistically do you really feel like you could run a business of like 20,000 people you know could you manage that would you want to manage that you know, there, that's that whole other side of scaling is like, yeah, I want to be the next Apple. And it's like, do you really want to be the next Apple? Do you really want, you know, I mean, 
I, I'm sure that um, everyone wants the paycheck of the next Apple. Well, yeah, everyone wants know. the paycheck of the next Apple, but I'm sure Tim Cook would prefer not having to like visit Congress when he wants to make a business decision. You know, like mm-hmm. when you're a business that large and you've got like so many eyeballs on you. And, and, I, and most of us are never going to have this problem, right? Like it, we make, we're speaking kind of exaggeratively when we're saying like, you know, right. which, how big do you want your company to get? But for some people, even having 50 employees would be stressful, like, like really, really stressful. So it's one of those things that when you're thinking about your scaling, don't only think about like how much money do you want to make? How many lives do you want to impact? How many, you know, whatever, you know, your metric is. Um, you also want to think about, do I want the work that comes with it? Do I want the scrutiny that comes with being a business of whatever the size of your business is? Um, because there, I mean, I know that our friend that runs the taco shop never would, it wasn't considering how hard it would be to get eight different chefs to make his recipe perfectly or that he would need, um, Ivy league business school grads to reach his scaling dreams and subsequently get cut out of his business. And these stories aren't, you know, just for small, I mean, Steve jobs got cut out of Apple, you know, like eventually, and then he came back, but you know, he was kicked out of his company and that, that has happened to a lot of CEOs. They go public and then they get canned from their own company. So just some things to consider. Uh, you know, it's, I know this is such an interesting, like, discussion episode yeah it's you have a very very strange set of circumstances right it's like this cool like wow how big do i want to get then it's like how big do i want to get yeah i know because like you know yeah i think about it about like our our websites and it's like well yeah scale everything grow 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 and yet you know we already manage so many websites that to add more and keep scaling up and up, it would just be exhausting. And we really would have to put people in charge of them. Well, yeah. I mean, even even just uh, we don't even have to talk about quantities of sites. If one of our sites got huge and like really, really huge, like we're re- we have reasonable amounts of traffic that we already handle. But if we were taking in, you know, multiple, multiple, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of visitors every month on like some of our, our smaller sites, like we might actually have to bring in engineers or, um, you know, administrators to handle the servers for us because it might start to exceed my skill levels as far as like managing server resources and things like that, you know? So yeah, it's a very interesting thing is how big do you want to scale? And are you willing to accept the problems, you know, because we call them problems, they're complications, but, you know, you're basically choosing a new set of problems. And it's like, do you want to deal with those problems? Mm. (laughs) Anyways, hopefully that gives you some food for thought. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fearless Together. Make sure you subscribe and learn more at fearless.fm. That's F-E-A-R-L-S-S dot F-M to your continued success.